Welcome to your winning journey podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Lee. I went from feeling guilty eating the foods I love and letting the skill control me to now helping you overcome this. No matter where you are or what you're experiencing, you can always win and I'm going to show you how. It is now your turn to transform your health, mind, and life. So let's do this together. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another podcast episode. I have my client, Claudia, coming on here again to chat with you. If you didn't know, we did an episode called Creating Space to Lose 20 Pounds, and it was such a good one. In that episode, Claudia talked a lot about her journey before she started to pursue weight loss and how she recovered from her burnout um, career and to have the space to be able to create the habits and the um, relationship with food that she wants now. And in this episode, I really want to talk to you all about how Claudia lost 12.6 pounds in the program and what she's going to do to maintain the weight going forward. And so I'm super happy to have you back on here, Claudia. Thank you so much for coming. Hi, everyone. Hi, Sam. So happy to be back and talk about my journey. I'm excited to share more today. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, I'm super excited because in that first episode that we did, y'all, Claudia was a little bit nervous. And that was like her first podcast episode. So now I feel like your personality is just going to come out even more on this one. So I'm super excited for y'all to just hear about her. But tell me, so you lost 12.6 pounds. There's so much more that goes into it. But I just want to start off like how do you feel just like when you think about that number and just like your weight loss journey up to this point because you're living in it right now like what's the first thing that comes to your mind about the accomplishment that you just you literally created yeah definitely emotion or the first thing that I think about is how proud I am of myself it wasn't easy but I did it in such a different way that I had done it before and it was so new, but it worked and it worked for me for where I was in life. And I don't think I could have done it any other way. Um, so I'm very proud of that. And I've, I've shared with you, Sam, that sometimes it was almost I was in this state of disbelief <laughs> that I've actually lost 12 pounds. But it's because I allowed myself to start all over. And that's been a huge accomplishment for me. And that's what really encouraged me and allowed me to get to the 12.6 goals. I know it's okay. I love that she met pounds, by the way. <laughs> um, That's so good. So as you're bringing that up, like the starting over, tell me about that mindset, because that was literally the mindset that created the eating and workout habits that we're going to talk about here. But tell me how that starting over mentality really helped you to just like be curious and just really do weight loss your way? Yeah, thank you for that question. You know, I I think I had to give myself a lot of compassion for how I did things before. I shared with you that I used to want to lose so much weight in six weeks or less and restrict myself from eating and push my body and I just had to give myself so much compassion for that because there was a lot of shame for doing that and forgiving myself. That was another part of this too. Like I did what I thought I needed to do with the information I had available at the time. So starting 
all over in a way that I knew that I was going to do it very intentionally and by listening to my body and being okay with being a beginner. Oh my gosh. I love that. And something that you said that makes me want to say something to everybody that's listening to this is how oftentimes we have so much shame around all of the diets that we've tried or all of the different ways we've tried to lose weight. And when I'm thinking about my journey too, I remember being like, oh, I wasted so much time. Like if I just did it this way from the very beginning, I wouldn't have to go through all of that bullshit. And I just remember living in that narrative for a while of like, oh, like I would have gotten there faster. Like if I just didn't do keto, I didn't do intermittent fasting, like I would have gotten there faster. And that was something that was really like holding me back by not healing with that version of myself yet. And something that really helped me heal that part of me that did a lot of the diets was telling myself that it isn't wasted time. Because if I believe that it was wasted time, then all of the lessons that I learned at that time was also wasted. And I would have never known that keto didn't work for my cultural food. I would have never known that I hated doing cardio for two hours <laughs> a session. And it helped me really like understand what I didn't like, which led me to doing weight loss the way I like. So I just liked how you really put it in that perspective of giving yourself a lot of compassion for the things that you've tried, because I feel like that is the hardest part of this journey. If you're carrying that like emotional baggage with you, it is very hard to like lose weight, like sustainably this time as well. Oh, yeah, 100%. I couldn't agree with you more on that. And I think that's where I was coming from. And you're right, carrying all of that shame is weight heavier when we're trying to redo and restart and try it again. But once we allow ourselves to process that shame, to acknowledge that shame and to release it, it's a lot easier to have that sustainability. And that's definitely where I am now. So good. Tell me like how you approach food with the mindset of like, okay, I'm starting over. Let me like have a good relationship with food this time. Because I remember like in our coaching session, like you used to have a lot of thoughts about like, okay, can I eat the foods that my family's eating? I know you go to Mexico a lot to visit your hometown and like you want to be able to have all the foods there, right? Because sometimes they don't have like the authentic kind of food in the States. And so you had a lot of, um, I remember like a lot of black and white thinking when it came to food, like, oh, this is good for me. This is not good for me. And I'm curious how that has changed over time because you let yourself start over. You know, I really love that you always emphasize the cultural piece of this journey because when I used to do a lot of dieting before, I was like, I can't eat tacos. I can't eat my enchiladas. I can't eat what my family's eating. But that's not true. I really enjoy that food. I love that food. And connection, right? Connection is tied so much into food. And at least in my culture, right, we we get we gather around in the kitchen and we make food and that's a way of us connecting with one another. So culture is very much tied into my journey and how much I realized that I wanted it to be part of this journey, but I was so scared to allow it for, to allow it to be part of this journey. <laughs> and and it was because of those narratives that I used to tell myself of, I can't eat this food. If I eat this food, then I'm going to gain my weight. If I 
eat this food, then I can't trust myself to stop and just have what my body is asking me for. So I think self-trust also came into the place working with you, Sam, where I learned to practice self-trust in this journey, where I learned to listen to my body. I learned to, if two tortillas are enough for my body, then two tortillas it is, and that's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think identifying the food that I loved, working with you through that was a big shift for me that I was able to identify. I really love these foods and I want to include them and I want to include them in a way that works for me. It doesn't mean that I have to eat five tortillas, but I do want to eat two tortillas with my meals. So good. And it reminded me of like, you know how you were saying I had to learn how to trust myself with the culture foods that I eat. And it got me thinking of like, this is why everybody, like you listening to this podcast, you have to start building very good experiences with the foods that your brain thinks is bad for you. Because if you don't build good experiences with them, then you can't really prove to yourself that like you have control and you can't really show yourself that like, I do know like when to stop and I do know like what's good for me. And when we made that list of food, you know, for you, I feel like it gave you a different kind of permission to just be like, it's part of my meal. I'm just going to go and have it. And the more you like had your tortillas, right? Or enchiladas, it was like, okay, like I do trust myself. I do know how to like portion this out. I'm not overeating it. And then you started building evidence from the good experiences. And then you start to forget about it being like a bad food which is like what I want for you, right? It's it's literally about just creating a better experiences. And so if you are restricting yourself right now, I just want you to let yourself have it when you're not hangry <laughs> or like when you're not like in a food emergency area, like kind of like when you're on a road trip, like that's not the time to be like having a good experience with your food. Just have it on a random Wednesday and just allow yourself to see that you do have so much more control than you think. And I love that you mentioned that because I remember working at the beginning of our work of our time together. We were trying to figure out why I was resorting to more food. I was eating more food on the weekends than the, during the week. And that was honestly a habit that I think I developed throughout the years, especially working in a nine to five job where felt like I was very limited. I limited myself throughout the week. And then the weekend came around and I wanted to eat all the food. <laughs> and I remember practicing, what if I just go to my favorite pizza place during the week? Like what's going to happen? And I remember doing that exercise and I was almost amazed of how I didn't allow myself to have this food during the week because something in my mind was telling me you're not allowed to except for the weekends that's the only way that you could have them so I think that was another big my uh, mindset shift after I did that oh my god you know what I was thinking of whatever food that like you tend to like overeat or overdo it on the weekends I just want you to know like the weekends are such a good way for you to see your eating habits unfiltered like the weekends, if you just take a couple pictures of your food on Saturday and Sunday, like even Friday night is a really good way to go about it. It's going to give you so much information because it's going to show you like, oh, these are the foods that I've been waiting all week to have. These are like the things that I love to do. Like maybe you love hanging out with family and friends on the weekend and you guys are like cooking things together, right? Or maybe those are the times when you get exposure to 
like foods that you've been staying away from. Maybe you're trying to stay away from like for me, like I don't really cook egg rolls at home. And so whenever I go out and like have like a birthday party with people or barbecue sessions, right? I'm like, oh my God, there's going to be egg rolls there. And so just like those little things, I just want you to know down like how scarcity feels in your body or like how does it feel like to know when a food feels limiting and like you don't have access to it a lot because when you start to understand like oh it's just because I don't have it enough it really helps you like get in control of it and feel better with it and so for you Claudia as you started building this better relationship with food by just letting yourself have the cultural foods how did it help you like portion and how did it help you like give yourself to permission to just like, you know, be with your family and not think about weight loss? Because I feel like at the beginning, it's so easy to eat for weight loss and it's so easy to work out for weight loss. And then you slowly started to detach from that. And I feel like that is exactly what got you here. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think awareness was the first big step that we went through is knowing how I was approaching food, how I was serving myself how I was feeling when I was sitting with my family, what time was I doing this, right? I remember um, identifying or thinking like I I wouldn't eat until my husband ate because I wanted to eat with him, right? And I was neglecting my hunger until other people were available to sit down and eat too. So I think being aware of all those components and like what was really influencing my food choices, because if I waited two hours and I would be more likely to increase the portioning on my plate rather than eating at a place where, okay, I am feeling hungry. I think it's time to eat. Let's do it. Then the portioning will look a little bit different. It would be a way that, okay, this feels satisfying. It doesn't feel like I am too full or it doesn't feel like I'm not eating enough. So I think just being aware of all those things definitely played a huge role. And as the more I practice being mindful with my food, the more I practice taking the pictures, uh, referencing back to when I started to what I was continuing doing, I think it just allowed myself to enjoy the food, uh, figure out what was working for my body. I remember doing like a full scale where seven to 10, seven being, okay, it's enough. This feels good. To 10 being, I am extremely full. I can't even walk. So having those resources were super helpful, which informed my body and my food choices as I continued my journey. I love that. And I love that you brought up the, you know, like when you're waiting for your husband to eat, it got me thinking, because so many of us do this, and I, and it's mostly just us women. Like, I don't see anybody's husbands that are like, you know, I'm going to wait until my wife comes home to eat. They're like, if I'm hungry, I'm just going to go and eat. And if she comes home, I'm going to eat with her. So it doesn't really matter. I feel like they don't really make it like a very big deal. But of course, right? Because as women in society, we're just so ingrained to think about our bodies so much that we are so disconnected to it when it comes to food and just listening to ourselves. So it makes total sense. But what you said there that was really interesting to me was because I used to feel this way too. I used to get so annoyed that I would be the last one that finished eating. Like my husband always finished first. And I think it's because he just like, when I look at him eat, I feel like he just inhaled it. And he eats so fast compared to me. And so 
I always feel some type of way whenever I'm the last one eating because it feels like I'm eating so much because he's just sitting there for another 10 minutes of me just eating. And I just want to offer this thought to everybody, which is there's a difference between people pleasing with your food and being respectful. And I say this because like in my culture, like there are times when, of course, you're really hungry, but you have to wait for everybody to arrive to eat. Right. Or there's a set time of when everybody is supposed to eat. Like, eat, let's say like the elders go first before the young people go first. Right. And so there's kind of like that, like hierarchy kind of respect in the community. And I'm like, that's a different kind of like, OK, at that time, you might not be able to honor your hunger you might have to plan ahead of time and just eat before that event so that you don't have to feel super hangry. But then I also want you to indicate like when you are people pleasing with your food choices. Like, are you just eating that because they picked it? Are you just going to that restaurant with your friend because they decide on it and you didn't have a say in it? Are you just like waiting until your husband can eat so you can eat it so that he doesn't feel alone after work. Like there's just so many different like ways that this can go about. But I just want you to think about that. Like, am I people pleasing with my food or am I literally being respectful? And I'm just like, I can like hang a little bit longer just because it's a respect thing. What do you think? I love it. I love how you just phrase everything because it's it's so true. It's so true. Even in my culture as a Latina, I grew up seeing the woman serve the man first and not eat until everyone else ate. And they were the last ones to eat. Right. And I see like the other part of it too. It's And it's very cultural. Right. And it's some could argue what's about respect. It's about boundaries or I, I don't know. People could argue that. Right. But I think it could go really along with the people pleasing. Right. I think I've lived I've lived it and being aware of that has definitely been a huge shift in this journey. Yeah, it's like we can't change our culture or like how like our elders do things, right? Cuz sometimes when I'm like when we have events at my parents' place, I'm like, you know what? I'm eating. Like I know everybody's not here yet, but I'm going to eat. And like of course it's my parents' place, so it's a little bit different. But it's like you don't need to people please in your relationships. Especially when it comes to your food, especially if your partner is literally there to support you. They don't really like it's not that big of a deal, right, for them if you eat with them or not. And if it is, then I I really encourage you to go on more dates <laughs> and to have more sex. Because if you're like arguing over not having a meal together, it just it's a usually an indicator that you're not getting enough time with them. Um, I just like to put that out there because it's really important for you to tell the difference between the two. So I want to talk about how food has impacted you and your family because I know that your habits has helped your daughter so much. And so can you share about that? Yes, of course. I was just going to mention too that I've learned to eat lunch before my daughter gets home from school. <laughs> before I was like, oh, I'm just going to wait for her. I'm going to eat lunch with her. I want to sit down with her, you know, just going back to that connecting piece. But I was like, if I wait until my daughter gets home, I'm going to be hangry. I'm going to have to feed her first. And then I'm going to be interrupted with my meals. <laughs> I'm like, no, I have to eat first. And then I will be present. I'll be fully present for when my daughter is here. I could still sit down with her. It doesn't mean I have to eat. It just means I could sit there with her while she eats and still be there for her. 
Oh my God. I love that. And like, isn't there, I remember you were sharing this one win too, where you were like, if she doesn't want to finish eating, then I'm okay. Like, I'm not going to like force her to finish her plate too. So I feel like even you having these conversations, like you working with portioning on your own, healing your relationship with food and feeling good about it has helped you like let your daughter also honor her body too. Oh yeah. That, that has been a big learning experience for me especially coming from a very cultural perspective I grew up with the idea of like you don't throw anything away you eat all the food or you save it for the next day because this mindset around there's not enough right a scarcity mindset which I want to validate and I, I know like it's you know coming from a very um under-resourced and low income background, I understand why that like those narratives were very alive in my childhood. But I also recognize that I'm not there. I'm not there with my daughter. And it's okay to validate that part of me that feels scared that food is going to be thrown away and that there's not going to be enough. But also knowing that I get to honor my my daughter's body. And when she tells me that she is full, then I get to listen to her and I get to show her that it's okay for her to listen to her body. If I'm preaching that all the time, I tell my daughter, I want you to listen to your body. If you feel tired, go to sleep. But I need to practice that when it comes to her to her meals, right? Not only when it comes to her feeling tired or sick, it's also how other ways could I start implementing um, what I'm learning and showcasing and modeling this and honoring when my daughter is saying like I don't want this food I feel full that's so good I did this post recently where I was like the reason why we eat so much when we're not hungry is because we're also eating for our ancestors and in that post I talked about like if you don't do the work of healing your relationship with food and getting rid of like, I don't believe in fully getting rid of scarcity. Every human being has some sort of, it's like you got to learn how to manage it. But it's like, if you don't know how to manage it, it's really going to like show up in your health and in your body. And it's going to feel like this like hamster wheel always not feeling good about food and the amount that you eat. And when you do the work of healing, it's like, okay, like my ancestors and my people, the people that came before me, they went through all that. So I don't have to go through that. And so I'm living in a different era. I'm living with different circumstances, with different privileges. And I can have these food whenever I want to. And I think when I give myself that kind of narrative in my head to help me manage the scarcity dialogue that comes up, it helps me so much because it's like, yeah, it is a privilege to be able to throw food away. Yeah, it is a privilege to like stop eating when you're full, you know, like there's so much privilege in that. And I think once we recognize that that is a privilege, I think it's so much easier to wear that as a badge of honor of like, yeah, I'm doing this because like my ancestors didn't didn't get this opportunity. Yeah, definitely. And I love that you mentioned that. And there is going to be guilt. But also, I think one of the biggest things in our work together, Sam, too, is knowing that I am someone that is capable of feeling my emotions. And that's been a huge 
part of this journey because emotions are very much part of weight loss. So how could we be gentle with ourselves, be compassionate with ourselves and feel okay with feeling guilty and know that it's it's part of the journey, but it's not forever and you're okay, that you're you're going to be okay and that it's just something new <laughs> and that we get to work with it. Yeah, totally, totally. So I'm going to move towards working out and like your relationship with exercise. Because if you didn't listen to the past episode that Claudia and I did together, I'll just give you a quick snippet. So what, before we started working together, Claudia actually had a psychiatric nerve pain. She's She did a lot of CrossFit. It was more like on the very high intensity side. And she always felt like she needed to push herself to that level of feeling like you got to throw up after your workout or like sweat. <laughs> it's kind of like a hardcore go hard or go home kind of workout and I remember you learning how to just understand what intensity looks like in your body and what is that intensity and how to gauge whether or not you can push yourself more or when to stop and I know that was like a lot of trial and error because you had this like subconscious like thought of like you don't want to go back to like feeling like how you did when you did CrossFit so can you just tell the audience like how did your relationship with exercise evolve and how did you get good at like just listening to your body? Because I feel like everybody's intimidated, you know, like they think their workouts have to look a certain way or feel a certain way. And they're gauging off of like how people do their workouts when sometimes that's not what your body needs. Yeah, definitely. You know, the workouts that you created for me that were very tailored to my body and the sets even doing eight to 10 sets, having that flexibility, doing it at my own pace. And I love that you really emphasize quality over quantity. So that was a big shift in how I approach exercise. I didn't have this sense of urgency anymore where I needed to, okay, I only have 30 minutes to get what would take like 40 minutes for me to get this workout done and really take my time but focus more on the form, on the stability piece, rather than I need to get it done within this time frame and I need to burn this amount of calories or else it's not doing anything for me. <laughs> so really shifting my approach to exercise. Um, so having movements that work for my body, building the intensity, even having conversations around what is it that I fear? And I remember telling you, I feared throwing up. I didn't like to throw, to throw up. So the impact of that fear on the intensity that I was willing to do was very impacting and prevented me from challenging myself in a healthy way. And I remember ha after having that conversation, it was like, okay, Claudia, let's try it out. Let's aim for healthy striving. <laughs> and I remember doing it and I remember sending you a message and I felt proud of myself that I pushed myself a little bit more, but it felt good for my body. I didn't feel like I was going that extra mile that was going to make me feel scared that I was going to get sciatica pain again. It actually felt very good. Oh, my God. You got me thinking about like the episode that I did. It's called Your Internal Trainer. I will leave it in the show notes for y'all to listen to it. But it's it's how you're speaking to yourself when you're exercising. I think a lot of us think about like 
trying to get us to start the workout and like the mindset work that we have to do to get ourselves to just do it. Right. But then we also forget about like when we're doing it, like how are we speaking to ourselves? Like, are we like rude and we're like, you better finish it all? Or are we like, oh my gosh, like you only did that much weight. Like you should do more. I think like just paying attention to the little sneaky thoughts because you did, you did such a good job with that. Like anytime your brain just wanted to like say something you were just like, okay, I hear you, but like, I'm going to do this and I'm just going to see how it feels. And I'm allowed to like pivot anytime. And there were some times I remember when you didn't finish a workout or like you did half of it or like you would do like only two sets instead of three, right? Depending on how you were feeling that day. And I really love that for you because it showed you that it didn't have to be perfect. And your job was just to keep showing up. And the more you showed up, it was like you trust yourself that if the workouts feel hard for that day, you're going to know how to meet yourself where you are at. And I think that is such a, a beautiful skill because now like when you do want to go to the gym in the future, you do want to try Pilates or Zumba class and you want to try so many things outside of just, you know, working out from home. It's like you don't have that like same kind of intimidation of, okay, like, that coach or that trainer is going to push me. You're like, they're going to be there to push me, but I'm going to know when to stop. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree. And knowing that I know how to get back to it was a huge part of this too. How I like knowing that I used to tell myself, I know how to get back to it. If I decide to skip a day today because I'm offering myself uh, more compassion because I'm having a a bad day, for example, or if I know that I'm going to stop the middle of the exercise and I'm just going to go on a run because that's what my body is asking me for, then I'm going to do that. And I know that I will get, I'll get back to my workout the next day. So yeah, thank you for highlighting that. I love that you um, highlighted how we speak to ourselves matters more than what we're going to be doing on a daily basis, right? Because that's going to really influence how we show up for ourselves. Yeah. And I just want to say this too. Like when you first started in the program, you started with like one workout a week. Like it was like we were layering the habits on. So like now Claudia is working out like four to five times a week, sometimes even more than that, depending on how she feels like. But she has like this baseline of like, yeah, I got to work out like four, four times a week, the minimum. But like before that, it was like, just once a week and then once she got really good at once a week once that starts to not feel so intimidating it's like we started adding more days and it became this like okay I got this pattern down now like I can handle two times a week I'm gonna add more and that was what created the weight loss I feel like I literally was like all right here's your four day a week workout just do these and you're gonna lose weight I feel like your brain at the beginning would have been like, no, like this is so unsustainable. I don't know if I could keep up with it. Like there'll be so much drama. So I want you to talk about the power of focusing on getting good at one thing before adding on another thing, because I don't think a lot of people like think about that enough. I feel like people underestimate like because I remember when I first started working, out, I'm like, once a week, that's nothing like I any more like there's gotta be a way to do more than this and I just remember anytime I would jump from like once a week to six times a week it just didn't last that long yeah yes I hear you <laughs> and I I think 
that starting slowly and you adding the day one first was definitely helpful because it was different components, right? Of also like 10 minutes of running or walking or um, push-ups. <laughs> you know, I started to build up. I couldn't do a push-up before versus now I could do, right? Push-ups. So I think definitely starting slow and not feeling rushed. That was a big one. Not feeling pressured by you, not feeling pressured by myself to get it done and be okay with this is what I have right now and this is what I could do. And that's okay. And that's enough. Oh, I love that. It goes back to what we talked about, about like the starting over beginner's mindset of like, I don't care if you did six times a week and that's how you lost 20 pounds last time. It's like, well, this time is going to be different. You're not going to like jump from not being active right now to like six times a week because you already know how that story is going to play out. And I think actually that's that's how you had that open mindset of like, okay, let me just, I've never gotten to that point where I'm just going to focus on one thing <laughs> for the entire week. And I remember there was this conversation that we had, I think it was like week six or seven. It was like really early on. And you're like, you said something along the lines of, I feel like, I should be doing more like it feels like I'm not really doing much for my goals or like my weight loss. And I'm like, no, you're doing just fine. Like, I just want you to stay here. And so can you talk about like the urgency to do more to make the weight fall off? Right. And then like holding yourself back from that and just like grinding yourself, because I think that's so important. Yeah, of course. And I think that really came from the old patterns, the old habits, the old approach that I used to have to weight loss. I think it was during that same time that I told you this is the longest I've actually focused on my weight loss. Because before it was like, I'm going on vacation, I have six weeks, I have four weeks to lose weight. And then after vacation, it was back to my eating habits. So nothing really changed. So I my mindset, I was like, I need to lose X amount of weight by this time, but I wasn't getting that result. So I think that's definitely where that was coming from. And I'm saying this because, again, it's trying to normalize everything that we're bringing into a weight loss journey and being gentle with yourself and acknowledging that for you, but also knowing that you get to you get to be a beginner. You get to learn. And learn what works for you at this phase of your life with this body that you have today, not with the body that you had five years ago or even a year ago, right? With the body that you have today. And I would always invite you to keep an open mind. And as you said, Sam, be okay with being a beginner because that's going to be a better indicator of having sustainability in the long run. Yeah, and it, it just goes to show like, when you're choosing to do weight loss differently this time where you're not like following the diets and you're not doing like the extreme workouts that you feel nauseous or you want to throw up, it feels very slow. And I think about your journey so much, Claudia, because I feel like you're such a good example of like literally day by day, it just feels like slow. It just feels like, okay, am I going to get there? And then when you look at it from like a bird's eye view, it's like, holy shit, like I am there. And but then in the process, it just feels like, am I going to ever lose weight? Am I going to like, is this really working? And it's it feels slow, but it, it only feels slow because 
we're not used to seeing that on the media. We're used to like 30 pounds in 30 days. We're used to like six week challenges, right? Like we're so used to the instant gratification. And when you think something is slow, I just want you to like tell yourself that that's how the pace is supposed to be like. That's how it should feel like. It's going to feel like that in the moment. But when you look back, it's going to feel like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Like, I'm even thinking about, like, literally a year ago, you are not this person. And that feels, like, crazy because I feel like you lived two different lives. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I love that you mentioned that. Um, I was coming from a very burnout phase, especially from a very burnout career. And I didn't have the capacity to focus on my weight loss. So knowing that I made that decision to very intentionally lose the weight. And I started with that idea of like, I want to lose the 20 pounds. I want to make this happen. And I just didn't understand how how much goes into weight loss, how, how not processing your emotions could really impact your weight loss, for example. So it did feel slow. It did feel... I was going at a very slower pace than I did before. But I think you're right, Sam. It's because I was doing things completely different from what I did before. And I started seeing this as the first six months of an entire new lifestyle. Instead of like, I'm going to hit the 20 pounds and that's the end of this journey. No, it's only the beginning. And that feels amazing. I love that so much because like... In the first episode that Claudia and I did, I mentioned that if you go back and look at Claudia's like progress pictures and measurements, like when you compare the numbers, you will see that like you did not even see the 12.6 pounds come off until like month four, like the the numbers to be like that. And like, I just say that because I want to normalize like time being part of your result. But also I say that because I want you to ask yourself, am I willing to just be consistent and keep showing up for four months to see if like it's going to get me there? Like, because a lot of times we think like if we don't see something in like two weeks, <laughs> we're like, OK, we're done. Like we're not going to try anymore. But like, I wonder what it would be like. It's like such resilience and also like discipline and also determination. Right. Like to be like, I'm just going to keep showing up and I'm going to trust the process. And then I know that if I just keep showing up, like there's got to be a way that I'm going to lose weight. Like there's no like the equation, like it has to math somehow. And it's like in math for you in month four. And I just I love that so much because it shows that when you show up, it, it will like you will get the output. You might not see the output right away. And I know you brought up like um, the lifestyle piece of it, right? Like seeing it as a lifestyle now, which leads me to um, the last part, which is mindset. Can you share how that has like shift for you? Because I know like the word lifestyle, making this a lifestyle, it can be very intimidating because everybody's like, what, what do you mean? Like after I lose weight, I still have to like do it. Like it just feels so, oh, uh, I'm always going to be losing weight. So can you explain how you identify that definition for yourself and how you are living in it and how it's not always about losing, 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 but literally like taking care of your body, you know? Yeah, I love that question. And now I'm seeing it more as I'm taking care of myself. I'm showing up for myself. I'm showing up for my loved ones. 
And when I exercise, when I eat food that is nourishing to my body, it feels good. And when I feel good, everything else in my life is good. <laughs> so I see it in that way where I don't have to feel restrictive. I don't have to feel in this sense of urgency all the time because I want to lose the weight. Instead, I I tell myself like I'm someone that exercises because I want to, because it feels good for my body. It feels good. It has very good impact on my day-to-day. -day. Um, if I see this as a lifestyle is it's more because I, I know that it has a very direct positive impact into everything in my life. Like I know what burnout feels like. I know what neglecting my my health feels like. It not only impacted me, it imp impacted everything in my life. It impacted my relationships, my sleep habits. I was pre-diabetes at some point. I was having abnormal pap smears at some point. So I know what that is. I know what it is to neglect my health. So why wouldn't I do this now? Why wouldn't I do the total opposite to take care of myself? Because I know that it will only benefit everything else in my life, my loved ones and myself. And because I love myself. And I think that's the biggest takeaway from this experience. Oh my God. I love that for you. I felt that in my soul. Like that's so good. And I just, I say that because like, that's literally what I mean and what you mean when you say like, this is so much more than weight loss. Like when you start to not treat this relationship and like your weight loss journey relationship as like a transactional thing of like, anytime I do a workout, I'm expecting something in return. Anytime I'm eating healthy, I'm expecting like my stomach to get flatter, right? Like when you start to stay away or just get out of the like, if I do this, I'm going to get this in return. It really helps you to just see the bigger picture. Like, why are you doing this again? Why are you doing this for the version of you now? Why are you doing this for the people that you love? Why are you doing this for like the 90-year-old version of you? And it goes back to like, yeah, like I'm pretty sure the 90-year-old version of me does not care about how much I weigh. They care more about like being healthy, being able to walk, being able to like just still be alive and be healthy. And I think that's so amazing. So Thank you for sharing that. Um, one thing that I just want to ask you for the people is what would you say to them during the slow moments? Because I feel like, you know, when you're in the process of losing weight and you're just in the day in, day out, like just going through it, trusting the process, showing up, what what do you need to say to them? Because I feel like the slow moments are the hardest because that's when we're so like, we're this close to like switching everything. Because we want to just feel the itch to do more, to more more workouts, more clean eating. And what would you say to help that person trust the process? I will tell them, know your why. And not only for yourself, but like ask yourself, what is meaningful to me? What do I want my, my future self to have in this life? And grounding yourself in that why is going to be so important because you're right, there will be those slow days, those slow moments, those moments where like, you're going to look at yourself in the mirror, like I'm not making any progress, but know that where that also know where that's coming from, right? It's that older version version of you, maybe that's speaking or that person that once told you that you didn't look good, right? So I would just acknowledge those different 
voices that are coming up for you and know which voice is yours and which voice is not yours to carry anymore. And something that you shared with me, Sam, and as we were working through my mindset that has really helped me is telling myself, I want this, I don't need it. So that was a big shift because it grounded me again in my why and knowing that I want this for myself. I want this for my family. I want this for the future self because I want to accomplish so much in my life. And I know that I want to do it in this way, in this capacity. I don't want to go back to that burnout self anymore, right? So yeah, just ground yourself in your why and know which which voice is yours and which voice isn't yours anymore. So good. So simple, but so good. It's like going back to that over and over again. Well, this was such a good episode. Thanks everyone for listening. If you want to get connected with Claudia, I will leave her socials in the release notes down below. So you can click on that, her Instagram. I'll leave her link tree if you want to work with her. Claudia is actually a career coach for Latina women. And so feel free to reach out to her if you have any any questions about like getting out of the burnout cycle, but also just support in your career. She does such a good work with this. And so I will leave all of her info below. And if you want to join six month one on one coaching, I encourage you to just apply if you've been thinking about it. This is the program where I'm going to help you lose 20 pounds, keep it all without dieting. And I'm going to help you do it in a way where you're going to enjoy the process and celebrate every step of the way on how to work with your body as you lose one pound at a time. And so to apply, click the link in the show notes below. And until then, we'll talk to y'all next time. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in on this episode. Now, if you want to lose your first 10 to 20 pounds, eating what you like, no diets, no restriction, and build a consistent and confident lifestyle, my one-on-one coaching program is now open for enrollment. To apply, visit www.superlysamp.com. And from there, we'll book a call to see if you are a great fit. I'm so excited to serve you in this program. But until then, I'll talk to you next week.